0: Welcome back to part two of my interview with Joe. He recently was approved from the SBA to get a loan for his business startup. He's also a member of our Facebook group. So today we're going to be talking about how he would much rather be out making smiles. Welcome to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. My name is Bill Moore. I am a food truck business coach, author of five food truck vending books, including Food Truck 101 and Food Truck 201. This podcast is all about helping you start and grow your food truck business. More customers, more sales, more opportunities. This is the power of marketing for your food truck. But effective marketing is more than just posting a few pictures of your food truck on social media. It includes branding and strategy, plus a realistic plan To kick it into action. Our friends at Table Needs are offering a free step-by-step food truck marketing guide to 10-minute food truck training podcast listeners. Get your copy today. Link is in the description below. You have, I guess, a couple of different mentalities, people that want to get into this business. Some of them, their vision is, they don't realize it, but their vision is, I'm going to create a job for myself. And that's all that they do. Mm -hmm. You know, they get open and they're selling food and they're happy they could do that 30 40 years and still be happy at the end of 30 40 years but they don't really have a business they just created their own job i think what you've done is you've taken the steps to create a business because at some point you could step back that'd
1: be lovely that would that would be the ultimate goal and so i always have sort of a 5 year mentality like what's this going to be in 5 years because that there needs to be a growth there needs to be some sort of growth plan it doesn't have to be double digits it just has to be there has to be some place to go and so I don't besmirch the idea of franchising. As a matter of fact, I think I could create a concept that would be very marketable and I could create a, something that would be very attractive to someone who wasn't 100% sure of what they wanted to do. And the model that I'm thinking of creating is sort of a hybrid between a franchise and a co-op because I love the community aspect of what you've created in the food truck training group. I'd love to be able to work with a few people, not hundreds of thousands, but you know, a small group and say... I've done all this research. I've learned all these things. You don't want to go that far down the rabbit hole. Here's my concept. I'm going to help you get started. I'm going to show you how it all works. Yeah, you're going to pay me for this, but in more of a consultant of a a relationship, I'm going to help you grow and be successful. Yeah, there'll be a fee and all those other fun things. I'll have attorneys figure all that, that, that nonsense out, but I would love to be able to take this and turn it into something that I could franchise over the course of a period, and, and and not have to be out in the food truck every day. Because again, love being outside, love being with people, and would much rather be outside skiing with a bunch of little kids than you know working, even though that is work. That's you know the the, the old phrase: you you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. I I'm much I'm taking that approach with the next phase of my my journey versus sitting in front of three monitors with chat over here and Zoom over there and. Excel spreadsheet here and, you know, presenting some report to some C-suite guy in, in New York city. And it's like, no, thanks. I'm, I'm much rather be out making smiles for, for people than, you know, a note on your balance sheet. So yeah, no, I, I don't want a job. I would love a, a business and something that, that has a, as a, as a growth trajectory. And that is, that is the goal.
0: You definitely laid a good foundation to achieve that goal. I think there's a lot of people that you know have that ultimate dream, like you do. They want to you know franchise and see a number of their own little food trucks around the country. Which who would want to do that? Who wouldn't want to be the next Cousins Lobster, except doing it right and growing to you know a few hundred trucks around the country it would be absolutely amazing. The one thing that I caution people because I actually had a conversation earlier this week about franchising. And they were a brand new concept, as in they weren't even open yet. And somebody had already approached them about, hey, you can be a franchise. There are a lot of attorneys that are basically becoming cookie cutter franchise companies. And they'll go up to a food truck that's just barely open. They don't know if it's profitable or not. They don't even know if the food tastes good. But they'll say, hey, for the low, low price of fifteen, twenty thousand $20,000, we'll Build a franchise, and you can be all around the country. And then you know the owner, if they got any kind of money at all, it's like, oh, that's great! I can be a franchise, and I'll be you know Ray Kroc and Dave Thomas and all those people. And the only one making money in that concept is the attorney that approached mm-hmm. it to start setting it up. You know if you're going to be a franchise, you need to have one operational unit that proves that the uh, concept is viable. Going to make a bunch of money, and if you don't have you know that balance sheet that shows that this is a profitable concept. Who's going to buy it?
1: Exactly. There's a local company here that they're a mac and cheese concept and they tried franchising. They were actually a customer from my, my other business. They got so focused on on that that the other stuff just didn't seem to be super important to them. And again, if I'm going to do this right, and when I, I, I use that phrase, it has a meaning. It's not it, doing it right means doing it with intention, with purpose and forethought. So it's just easier to say to do it right than to have the other mouthful. But to do it with intention, purpose and forethought... You have to build the business. You have to prove the concept. You have to get the balance sheet right. And then you have to approach the attorney. You have to approach that person and say, okay, here's how I'm going to structure this. Now, navigate that process for me, because I don't know that process. I don't know how to create an FDD. I don't know how to create those 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 documents. Right. I'm not an attorney. We're going to do this together. And then it's about not, to me, it would be about finding the right partner and not even maybe accepting the first one. But finding someone who also shares that vision, who also has that passion, who wants to see it grow. Because at the end of the day, operationally, they have to be as committed to the process as you are. They have to have the same business acumen. They have the same passion for it. Maybe they don't have all the tools. Maybe they don't want to become an expert in all of these little things. They want, you know, recipes. They want a formula. They want to, you know, not have to do with engineering. And that's okay. But they have to have the other intangibles. So I wouldn't even, I, I would go through a vetting process. The vetting process would have to be mutual uh, to, to even consider taking this to a franchise concept. And so that's, again, thinking about it, it's five years down the line. Right now, I'm just having so much fun. We have snow cone nights where we have uh, purchased a snowy shaver. I got this, this giant shaver sitting on my kitchen counter, bags of ice. And we mixed up batches of syrup and different flavors. And we're trying stuff. We're making snow cones. And my kids are taking video of it. They're my, my 13-year-old, my social media manager now. She's posting stuff. And you know she's loving that little role that she's carved out for herself. Because I mean, I started doing that 10 years ago, but I, I wouldn't know a TikTok from a, a pocket watch. So, so I've got an expert in the social media world as a 13-year-old. My 10-year-old just loves making stuff. So she's learned how to use a snow cone machine. We're just having fun developing these things, developing our flavors, our concept. We have waffle cone night again last night where we banged out you know, 30 waffle cones, various sizes. I'm weighing batter. I'm, I'm going through this very you know, methodical process. And it's like, ah, I got the right size. I got the right shape. I got the right consistency. I got the right color. Now we can start to play with what's going to go in it. And we're just having fun as a family figuring this out. And, and one day I hope to take all of this research and knowledge, package it up and say, say to a partner, hey, I want to complain because we figured it out. We got this thing going and it's just all of the process. It's all been documented and hoping to find people who would share that and, and would want to bring that out and, and, and do more with it. But rake rock, no, 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 that, that will never, never be us. And that's OK. We I think I know where we want to be. I think I know the size we want to be. But right now, we just want to, you know, we're just loving as a family, having fun and and figuring all this out. And it's presented unique challenges as we develop these different concepts and and for our menu and and operationally how we're going to pull it off. My wife will come up with an idea and I'll be like, all right, how do we break this down? What are the steps? What are the ingredients? How's this going to cost out? Hey, do you realize this is going to add, you know, add X overhead? Okay, well, what if we take this same ingredient, but we repackage it and reuse it in three other items? Now we've just we just expanded the menu vertically by only adding one thing versus 10 things. Ooh, okay, I like this. What's the supply chain look like? And so we're, we're going through the steps to sort of keep it simple, but at the same time, we want to make really good stuff. We want to make stuff that people haven't tried before. And there's a lot of franchises in the snow cone game. And the way I think we're going to, you know, make them a little nervous around here is we're going to do stuff that they can't, we're going to have flavors and flavor combinations and, and and products that they're not allowed to do. And it's like, we just want to make, you know, we don't want to serve the same, we're going to have all the same things they have. If you don't have tiger's blood, kids will not come talk to you. Everyone loves the tiger's blood, which is strawberry and coconut, oddly enough, I had no idea. But we'll also have, you know, a caffeinated version from behind the bar that if you want a cat, you want an energy drink, snow cone, we can do that. You want a, a cookies and you want a, a creamsicle or a root beer float snow cone. And these franchises, they they can't do that. They can only do one, two, and three. And it's like, we'll have something unique. We'll make them a little nervous. We'll make them want to go try to up their game. And I love that. I love, you know, sparking people and whatnot. But we're going to have our own thing to the point where I don't think they'll ever come after us for anything. Because I know that within the franchises, they like to sue each other. It seems to be a fun sport for some of these bigger business owners. So yeah. I want to I wanna spook them a little bit. But I just want to stay under the radar just enough where they're not going to perceive me as any kind of threat as it were.
0: One of the things that I tell people, if, if you get the attention of you know, some of the big boys, you're doing a whole bunch of things right. That's a compliment, even though you might be a little bit tense about, OK, what's going to happen with a cease and desist letter, which may be nothing. A lot of times they send those out just to scare somebody and hope that they'll um, you know, back off. The attorneys are good that way. But I, I love what I, you're talking that's about. That's why I
1: have one. That's why I have one. His name is Bert. I love Bert. And if that ever happened, I would just call Bert and say, what do I do with this? Yep. would say, "I'll take care of it. You just keep doing what you're doing." And so, yes, that's why that's one of the first people I found in, in this journey. And business loves lawyers, and that's how they make their money. I love it. So we got, we we have our defense ready.
0: Yeah, that's definitely something that um, you got to have that attorney. You got to have somebody that's on the bookkeeping side, whether it's a CPA or you know, that's a straight bookkeeper. There's a lot of partners that people need to have, whether they pay them. Yeah, you know, a whole bunch of money or a little bit of money is, is a whole different story, but you got to have those people to be able to turn to when you need them. Don't want to be running through the internet trying to find the best attorney in your area after the fact. You want to already have them lined up. Good you have one.
1: For for example, my my business advisor uh, just so happens through a random circumstance, his mother lives across the street from us, um, which I didn't realize until after we started working together. I was like, wait, you have the same last name as as Miss Jean. It's like, that's my mom. I was like... Oh, we love Miss Jean. She's awesome. <laughs> Super small world. I want to get QuickBooks. I need to get QuickBooks up and running and get the accounting and stuff going. And I didn't jump on it right away back last October. You know, I have receipts and spreadsheets, but I thought, you know what? I need a QuickBooks going, probably need it going like end of March, early April. That would be the worst time in the world to call up Bruce and say, Hey, can you help me get this QuickBooks thing installed up and running? He's not going to take my phone call, but January 15th, he took my phone call and he said, yep, we can get all this up and running and I can have the system installed and train you and get you set up on these these tasks for the, the partial bookkeeping and we'll do the other stuff on a quarterly basis, da, 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 and we'll have that all set up and running by February 1st. I was like, Bruce, I love that. Thank you. We're, we're good to go now because I saw the future. I saw when I was going to need the product and I realized that that partner was not going to be wanting to take that call at that time. And so we're going to get it started now. And he was like, you're absolutely right. This is time to get it started now. Come April, no, we are not doing QuickBooks and installs and bookkeeping stuff. That is that is not happening for you. So I operate under a lot of empathy. I like to try, you know, I get that from my photography days, working with these brides, looking at people and okay, how is this going to impact their their business, their life? All right, let me make sure I fit in, in the nicest way possible because I want to be a good partner. I want to be friends. I want you to take my call when I need you, not, oh yeah, it's that guy. We'll get back to him when we get back to him. So Having those relationships and fostering relationships, to me, it's huge. And, you know, because we're all people. And if we're nice to each other, if we're friendly, if we're patient and kind, typically good things will happen.
0: Join us tomorrow for part three and the conclusion of my interview with Joe, where we're going to be talking about his belief in becoming successful.